If running out of money in retirement is a concern of yours, you're not alone. According to a recent uh, survey, 66% of Americans are feeling that way. So let's calm the fear and offer you some strategies to help make sure that doesn't happen. Welcome in to Sound Path Through Retirement with Ben Koval and Matt Leibarger. Hi there. Welcome to the show. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan, with me to help you take charge of your money each week at this time. Ben Koval, Matt Leibarger, and we're here on Cairo News Radio 97.3. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday morning with us. Ben, Matt, how are we doing today? We're doing great, Gary. How are you? Doing good, and I say this every week, but I'm going to say it again because I mean it this time. This show is chock full of great information, so uh, my friends and listeners, please follow along. Any questions, just raise your hand and we'll get to you, okay? All right. (laughs) So uh, stuff happens in retirement, some good, some not so good. Can we anticipate the bumps in the road and plan for them? Let's take a look at some things you can do to help keep our money all the way through retirement, all right? You know, and I know we've heard this, the number one fear of retirees is not death, it's running out of money. So when something's number two to death, it's pretty important. So uh, (laughs) understanding your spending habits and try to cut back whenever possible. Can you guys call my wife on this one, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've got her on speed dial. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring her live on the air. And see oh, thank she has you. Oh boy, that, that, now that's big trouble. You guys don't need divorce lawyers. Now let's get. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know this is this is honestly where you always have to start when it comes to retirement planning is talking about the income side of things and talking about what will work for you and, and what might not work. The you know, God willing, everybody's retirement is going to be decades long. And so you need to make sure that you are planning for those bumps in the road. And and all that really starts with, well, what are we going to spend? What do we need to spend? And so there's really two different goals or different directions that you need to go in terms of retirement planning. The first one is figuring out, well, what do you need? The need is, well, I have to feed myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have to pay my taxes, unfortunately. And so what do I need? And then from there, you can talk about what do you want? And the want is the you know trips to Europe or family reunions, wherever you want, that type of thing. So the difference between the needs and the wants is the first spot that you need to go. Um, but it's also really tough. You know, if, you, if you're not retired right now, you've likely never been retired. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you've never been retired and had to get back in the workforce. So answering this question of, well, you know, how much am I going to be spending when I retire? Is, it's a real tough question to, to answer. Uh, that, now, there are ways to end up structurally looking at this and, and figuring out what makes sense for you. Uh, some clients look off of what their pre-retirement income was and saying, well, if I can just do a smooth step off from mm-hmm. you know, pre-retirement to post-retirement, then that's great. But there are some funds that end up getting uh, that are used differently, that when you're working, you're doing things like putting money into a 401k. Right. So if you're making one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year and you want to put one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year in retirement, well, it's not necessarily one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year when you're putting thirty thousand a year in retirement. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really where you got to start is what income level are we are we looking for and, and what's our what's our needs versus our wants? You know, it's funny. You can mention needs versus wants. It reminds me of the great philosopher Mick Jagger, who said, "You can't always get what you want, but at times you'll find you get what you need." Right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> I, I think leading up as well, uh, something that uh, you know we've talked about many weeks on the show is, you know, early in retirement, you, you might be spending your money on 
on the European vacations and, and all the fun, right? The go-go years, yep. Gary, I think mm-hmm. is as you call them, right? Yes. Uh, you know, and then, you know, there's a trade-off. Some people think that, okay, I'll take more of my money out early on. I won't need it later. But as Ben's pointed out multiple times, no, it's just a trade-off. Later, you may not tra- be traveling as much, but, you know, healthcare goes up, right? So looking at your HSA as well, if you have an HSA, that's a health savings account, you know, make sure you're depositing it when you can leading up to the time of needing it. Make sure you're depositing as much as you can afford. That's something uh, we like to advise people. Uh, for those who don't know, you get a tax deduction when the money goes in, right? It grows tax-free. You, you can use it uh, for your um, your medical expenses tax-free. But yeah, there is a time at, at some point where you can invest that as well. So that's something we like to, to talk about as well. Yeah, and of course, you know, you got to talk about having an emergency fund. We always talk about that. What What's the going uh, strategy on that? Three to six months? Well, that's a great, we, Ben and I were just talking about this actually before the show. Yeah. As you know, Gary, we're only retirement fiduciaries. We only talk to people who are retired or close to retirement within 10 years of retirement. Typically. I mean, we talk to other people, but that that's what, what our, our bread and butter I, is. I only talk to people 70 or older <laughs> in life. I'm sorry. I, I can just see, I can see you're a target. I'm sorry. I can't talk to you. You're not retired. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Your, go your away, age please. is, is appropriate. That's right. No, but we do focus on the retirees. And so when it comes to an emergency fund, when you're working, you know, the, the rule of thumb is that you have three to six months worth of of savings. And the goal of this three to six months is to be able to bridge your gap until you find another job. If you end up losing your job. Mm -hmm. Right. And so emergency fund though, in retirement, it's a little bit different. So I had a client, you can't find another retirement. Well, yeah, 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 it's different. (laughs) It it doesn't matter. And so I had a client come to me and say, well, I need to make sure that I always have X amount of money in emergency fund. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, it's it's up to each individual client, how much they want to have in this quote unquote emergency fund. But then I asked why, and they said, "Well, that's three to six months worth of, you know, worth of income." And I go, "Well, it's a it's a little bit different now because you always have your assets. So an emergency fund, quote unquote, if you have something that comes up that you need three hundred thousand dollars in, you know, whatever, well, you have your assets, you can pull them. So it's a little bit different than than working. So I usually say an emergency fund in retirement is more about those big things that you don't want to have negative impact on your income plan for." So roof repairs, car repairs, mm-hmm. those types of things. And for every client, it is still different, but it's not it's not as cut and dry necessarily as it was pre-working. Yeah. I tend to like to default around forty-five to fifty thousand dollars for most people. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just a healthy amount that we can then rebalance and, and refill if needed. Yeah. You know, uh something else just on this overall topic of of not wanting to run out of money is um you know, we, we, as Ben just said, we never speak to young people. You know, we only go to senior Ever. citizen discount days. At the I mean, fair. my kids hate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, but w- w- when I do chat with young people, w- one of the things we always do talk about just in casual passing is uh, if conversations come up on investment, you know, we all know it diversi- diversify your portfolio, right? right. Yep. Uh, in, in retirement, diversification matters as well. Uh, ben and I speak a lot about uh, any investment being either liquid, earmarked for growth, or else very safe, right? Principal protected. Uh, and any investment can be two out of those three things. Hey, Ben and Matt, let me jump in and remind everybody, this is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. Thank you for joining us on your Sunday morning on Cairo News Radio. And by the way, uh, Ben and Matt, I failed to mention this at the beginning of the show, so shame on me. They're fiduciaries, which means they have to have the best interests of their clients, say over 10 years experience, and they specialize pretty much in everything and anything when it comes to retirement, retirement income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, and so much more. I want to give you the phone number because at the end of the segment, you can want to get on their calendar, 877-249-6900, 877 877- 
800-249-6900. Gentlemen, carry on, please. I want to talk about debt now. And so this is one of the most common questions that we get when we come to retirement planning is, should I pay off my mortgage or should I have debt? So I actually had a client come in to my office the other week and they were saying, well, I need X amount of money per month in, in retirement. And it was it was relatively large compared to their overall asset base. And, you know, they're saving very aggressively into retirement. And so I start to work through the the needs that they have. And it comes to find out that they are paying off, you know, $90,000 worth of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. They've got the mortgage. They've got the car payment, uh, a handful of different things. And so this debt was the reason why their income was so high or their income need was so high. But they were also putting significant amount of money into retirement. And I go, you know, that that's great, but you're carrying debt with a interest rate of 24%. Yeah. We have to pay that off. You have to pay that off before you hit retirement. So there's some debt that you need to pay off before retirement, like credit card debt. Uh, Sometimes cars depends. And some debt that you can carry mortgages at low interest rates. We've talked about this before. If you refinanced in 2020, like 90% of the world, you don't need to pay that off before you hit retirement in all likelihood. You just need to build that into the overall plan. Absolutely. You know, and, and making sure folks have an income plan that's going to last their entire life. That is what drives us. That's what drives Ben and myself. Uh, it's what we're good at. And it's what we do day in and day out. So we always leave a few spots open uh, in our week for listeners who join us uh, Sunday mornings. And, um, you know, give us a call. Come on in. The cost is nothing. Uh, it, we, we just deal with straight talk. We sit down. We're going to take a look at what you have going on right now, give you our best advice, and see if we can set a plan moving forward to make sure that everyone has peace of mind knowing that they can have guaranteed lifetime income, whether they're 71, 91, or 121. Just have that peace of mind. So if you call right now and you set an appointment, we're going to give you a copy of Ben's book uh, on retirement. It's a great book to give you good insight into our mindset here at SoundPath. The number is 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. This is your chance to benefit from a personalized retirement income plan and so much more. Call right now. We still have a limited number of availabilities on our calendar this week. And remember, the consultation is offered at no cost or no obligation. You want to get on their calendar and Ben and Matt's calendar at SoundPath Retirement uh, Strategies. They're here for you. And uh, they want to make it, you know, nice and easy, a smooth path to retirement, an easy way, you know, no stress. We don't want any stress. You don't want to be like on that plane where there's a lot of turbulence and you're, you're hanging on to the armrest for dear life. You're white knuckling it. No, it's not the way to go into <laughs> retirement. 877-249-6900. And I'm sure Ben and Matt will also serve you a cup of coffee when you come in and see them. Is that right, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a little worried that you must have been on a plane with me. You see how I ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. a Yeah. I, th- pass the Xanax, please. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll have two, please. And, and, a, and a drink. No, no, no. I didn't say that. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with more of Ben and Matt and Sound Path Through Retirement in just a moment. What is coming up next, guys? When we come back, we'll offer some suggestions to help keep your retirement on track despite issues like inflation the roller coaster of the market, and even the bank issues that we've seen recently over the past couple of weeks. It's a real perfect storm for investors, investors heading into retirement. Welcome to the show. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. And back here to help you take charge of your money, Ben Koval, Matt Leibarger with us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo 
News Radio. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. And as I mentioned earlier, Ben and Matt are fiduciaries, which means by law they have to have the best interests of their clients. A very important distinction when you're looking for a financial advisor. Really important. Uh, they also specialize in retirement income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, long-term care strategies, tax minimization strategies, all kinds of different strategies. That's what they do for you when you go see them. All right, so we're going to get back into the show here. And we're talking about how that, uh, you know, some suggestions on how to keep things uh, on track when we're under a very trying times right now. There's no question about it. So uh, let's start out with this. Don't give up on the stock market, right? Absolutely. The stock market is the place for the most growth in terms of, of longer time horizons. You know, even when we're running into issues like we've seen over the past couple of weeks with uh, banking problems and potential financial contagion, uh, which for listeners who aren't aware, this is essentially where we have one institution or one one scenario that ends up creating a domino effect between the entire economy or even worldwide economies, right? In 2008, we saw it with mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. We had the subprime loan crisis that ended up being a contagion that spread between and you know, took out some big giants, right? Lehman Brothers, one of them. And I know recently with the Silicon Valley coming down and, and problems like that, that's, that's one of the concerns. And so I have a lot of clients coming in and being, hey, I, everything's coming out of the market. Uh, I'm, I'm not investing at all, ever. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's it's scary, you know, admittedly, very scary. But the problem is that we've got a perfect storm right now. You know, you look at last year, we had inflation rates up over 8%. We had the stock market down. We had bond funds down. And so even though there is always that risk of financial contagion here, the the alternative of keeping your money in cash for the long-term horizons is significantly more damaging you will guarantee yourself losing to inflation. You'll guarantee some really rough conversations down the road. Now, the trick here is to not be overexposed on risk. That's that's the name of the game here. And so if you have your short-term income money in retirement that is in the stock market, well, that, that's not a great plan. Uh, it's guaranteeing that you have to change your income structure based off of what ends up happening in the marketplace itself. So make sure you have the correct time horizons on the money that you're investing in the stock market. And then maintain that investment. You know, if you take a look at the history of the S&P 500, so its average has been between 8 to 10% per year, you know, depending on what slice of time that you want to pull up and, and dividends reinvested. But it's full, you know, since the beginning type of run is right around 10. If you look at 2000 to 2020, it's right around 8%. Now, that includes 2000 to 2010, which was a horrible, horrible decade, Right. Now, of course, the 2010 to 2020 it ended up being a, a, a big run up. So make sure that, again, you have your long term focused money still in the stock market. But one thing that you need to absolutely avoid is trying to time the market. Yeah. Yeah. People who, uh, you know, especially when they are scared of the market, they might think this is a bad time. I'm going to pull my money out and then I'm going to wait for just the yeah. right time. I'm going to buy it at the bottom. I'm going to yeah. buy it at the bottom <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to ride it up and. Of course, here's the deal. There are people that do this for life, and there are some very savvy investors, and this is what they do. Uh, and sometimes they do well, and sometimes they don't. For the average person that I speak with, they are not, and I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, they are not that savvy investor that's going to make that right planning. So, yeah, please don't get so scared you jump out. And then what we often see is by the time things start going back up, someone thinks, uh-oh, 
better jump in now. Now you sold high or you you sold low, you bought high. It just yeah. gets crazy. Just be consistent. And that and, and that's one of the key things. If you can diversify and make sure you have your short-term needs in retirement in principal protected accounts and you have the time horizons that Ben uh, is talking about uh, and so you have your money still in the stock market leave it in the stock market if you have a long enough time horizon that's my advice well here's the thing too is that the timing side of it it doesn't it doesn't make as much of a difference mathematically mathematically as some people think so I actually ran the numbers here and if you look at 2001 to 2020 So uh, we had some good years. We had some bad years there. And let's say that you as an investor are going to contribute $2,000 annually to retirement. And you're just going to do it at the beginning. So $2,000 January 1st every year. Every year, yeah. Then you'd wind up with about $135,000 worth. You're following the S&P 500? Yeah, just S&P. Beginning of the year, you're not trying to time anything. You're just, every year, you're just throwing that money in. Now, if you end up looking at that same $2,000 and you invested it at the optimal time during that year. So you had a perfectly crystal, perfect, crystal, perfect ball, crystal ball and you always pick the height, which we now know. Always pick the lowest possible point to buy into. Sorry, yes. So that you always had the most possible gain. Yeah. Then you would have at that same time frame $151,000. Which is hardly any difference. Yeah, it's $15,000 more, which is is more but you'd have to be perfect, have to be perfect. 100% of the time yeah. for 20 years. You have to be perfect to get that. And so, you know, a lot of times people go, well, you know, I, I should make sure that I just avoid the market losses. And that's that's true with short-term income money. Absolutely, that's true. You need to avoid market losses. But when it comes to the long-term money, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk that you're going to be wrong. And that's where I'd have clients come in. And it's it's been a little while since I've had this, maybe like three or four months. But uh, I remember these conversations clearly because they're always somewhat comical. Uh, I'll have a client come in and say, you know, I'm really good at this stuff. I missed the entire 2008 crash. And you go, okay, that's great. And there's always one follow up I ask. I go, when did you get back in the market? Yeah, because they had to. Just- and they never have. Yeah. <laughs> this specific client was like, oh, well. You know, with a price to earning, I haven't I haven't gotten back in. It's like, well, so you need to understand then. Yeah, you you missed the the one crash, but you missed, but you the, missed the the record bull market. Does yeah. everybody you think are, they're uh, like Warren Buffett? Is that what the problem is? <laughs> well, and even Warren Buffett's philosophy is just you know be in the market, here, right? Right. Well, to, you, to you know what they say, the guys, and it's, I'm sure you've heard this before. It's not timing the market; it's time in the market, right? Right. Absolutely. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I have experienced that like back in the day, 2008, 2009, like leading up to that. In fact, the, the eight years leading up to that, I know I've talked about it before on the show, but I invested heavily into real estate. Right. And so I, I stopped my retirement. Again, this is back in the late 90s. I stopped my retirement funding and went purely into the market. And then even when the market crashed with the housing, when you're out of the market, you kind of get used to that and your budget changes. And it took me a while before I woke up and thought, wait a second, yeah. I have to get back into this thing. So it, it can happen to all of us. Yeah, It just needs to stay in the market. And not hey. saying real estate's bad. No. But guys, I just want to jump in. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Just want to remind everybody they're just joining us. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. Thank you for joining us on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. I'm Gary Nolan, a consumer advocate. With us every week at this time is Ben Colville and Matt Lieberger. We're going through some uh, strategies here, how to protect your money. All right, a couple of minutes left in the segment, uh, gentlemen, so please continue. Yeah, so the only other thing that we want to really focus on here when it comes to money in the market is this idea of buffered products. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot. 
Yeah, well, well, there's two different camps of them. So there's buffered products and then there's protected principal products, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a protected principal product is like a CD or uh, an equity CD or, you know, annuities have them too. You've got fixed annuities or fixed index annuities. When it comes to a buffered product, this would be like a structured note or this would be a, uh, there's an annuity that does it too, a registered index linked annuity. Now, how these ones work is typically they're sold relatively attractive because you'll have a, a a broker or an insurance salesman come up to you and say, hey, how would you like to get market returns and then buffer yourself from 10% of the market losses? And it it sounds good, right? So essentially what it means is that if the market goes down 8%, you absorb no loss. You're within that 10% buffer. And then when the market goes up, you might get 80% of the market in the upswings. Now, here's the issue. If you are young enough where you have the right time horizon, to end up being in the stock market, mm-hmm. don't worry about buffered products. Go into the stock market. If you are old enough that you need to start looking at stabilizing your income, make cool. sure you have stabilized income. Yeah. Don't look at buffered products. Yeah, you'd still look at the principal protected accounts over the buffered products. Yeah. So the, the buffered ends up uh, having this kind of niche where it sounds great, but they typically in, in practice don't work as well. When the market goes down, it doesn't usually go down 10%. It goes down 15, 20, 30, 40%. And so you'd have to buffer a lot to be able to actually make that make that overall work. And really what this comes down to is what is your risk assessment? What are you trying to achieve? What is your goal with these funds? And how are you going to use them throughout retirement? And that's why we always leave a handful of spots open when we do the radio shows to have complimentary meetings with people for our listeners to sit down and really figure out what is your risk goal. What do you have that's overexposed? What do you have that works for your overall income? And so we always create a one-page, easy-to-read report showing you what your risk exposure should be, how much you should have in protected principled accounts compared to risk-based ex- uh, accounts as well. And as, as uh, a thank you for listening, we'll also give you a copy of my book. It's the little book, A Big Answer for Retirement Planning Success, a book designed specifically to help retirees navigate the storm of what do I need to be doing? What are some of the big key elements that I need to know so that I can make sure that I have a consistency in my overall income? Ben and Matt, great advice. 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. Our goal at the show here is help you make the best decisions. So if any questions about what we're talking about or how it may attain to your own situation, just get a hold of Ben and Matt at SoundPath Retirement Strategies. Folks there are standing by, ready to talk to you. Get on the calendar. What are you waiting for? A safe, secure retirement. That's what everybody's goal is. 877-249-6900. And Ben and Matt will show you exactly how to do that. All right. We are going to take a short break. And we'll be back with more of Sound Path Through Retirement with Ben and Matt in just a moment. What's coming up next, guys? We're going to dive deeper into the question of how much do I need to retire? It's one of the most common questions that we get. And so we'll talk about some of the non-financial questions that you might need to answer to help find that. Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. With me on your Sunday morning is Ben Koval, Matt Leibarger, with us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. And we're having a great discussion here halfway through the show, talking about things that are on retirees' mind, whether you're retired or maybe in that retirement red zone we talk about. 
So we're going to talk about how much of the time is spent talking about money. And how much? How much more do you have? And how much do you have to keep growing it? Now, in this segment, we have some retirement questions to ask before you should say, say, how much should I save? So let's get into this. Have you considered a second act career in retirement? What does that mean, guys? Yeah, so we spent the first couple segments of the show talking about the income side, right? So how much income do I need in retirement? Now we're going to talk about how much do you need to have saved into retirement, which is also another personal question. So this this idea of a second act in retirement is actually very, very common. Yeah. But not how most people think of it. You know, a lot of times people will come to me and say, well, when I retire, I want to be retired. Mm-hmm. I don't want a second act or a second career that I need to figure out. Yeah. Right. But the difference is, is, and so this is probably the third common question that we get, right, is someone will come into the office and say, well, retirement's all good and fine, but what am I going to do with yeah. my time? What if I'm bored? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How am I going to, I mean, I'm not just going to sit on the couch eating Cinnabons, watching Wheel of Fortune and, you know, Price is Right reruns. Nothing's wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Wait, that was what I had planned for, everybody. you know, all this week. Which, <laughs> what's, what's funny about that is when I was going uh, going to school, you know, years ago, and I had a little baby as well, is that I would catch Price is Right in the morning time before classes. And so uh, I could I could definitely relate to that yeah, at heart. And, you, and you're watching soap operas, too. Come on. <laughs> well, actually, a funny story about that, completely unrelated to what we're talking about now. So my uh, uh, I'm the youngest of four brothers, and my brother was uh, in high school. He really liked to, to lift weights. He got he got really big mm-hmm. and he would go to these gyms and he was a big fan of Days of Our Lives. <laughs> and so he, here's all these people uh, that, that are in the gym pumping weights and he's turning the channel to Days of Our Lives. To, <laughs> like yeah. we said, nothing it. wrong with that. Nothing but, wrong with that. <laughs> hey, but uh, when it, when it <laughs> Days of Our Lives, and, uh, uh, I'm going to give him a bad time now next time I see him. Uh, when it does come to the second act that we're talking about, I th- you know, Ben's right. Uh, I, I read something, I think it was a Schwab survey that said more than 40% of people within five years of retirement said that they want to continue doing something in retirement. And my my parents are a prime example of this, right? They retired and I thought, wonderful. I'm jealous of them. They're going to live life doing nothing. <laughs> and sometimes in life, I wish I could just sit down and do nothing for a while. But gosh, it didn't take long before each of them had kind of a part-time hobby gig job on the side. Yeah, that's and, good. And uh, yeah, and they seem happy with it. And I thought, man, that's the opposite of retirement. But I'll tell you what, you know, they use that and that helps stretch things to go a lot longer where they're not diving into the, into their retirement as they thought they would. So, you know, it's something that's actually, like Ben said, it's, it's a lot more common than people think. Yeah, but a lot of times it's based off of what you want to do. Exactly. And that that's the difference is that when they actually retire, they didn't think they'd have a second career, but then they find they love gardening. Yeah. They love um, volunteering, teaching, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. And so that second career, you wake up and you're doing what you want. Sometimes you get paid for it. Sometimes you don't. But that can play a role into how much you actually need to have saved. Yeah. You know, a, another area, too, when people ask how much do I need to have saved, p- part of the questioning that I – the line of questioning I go down is what what do you want to happen to your funds when you pass? Is your goal, hey, mama and daddy are going to have a blast. We're going to travel. We're going to blow it on ourselves. We're just – you know, <laughs> we, 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 we need a new car and a new pair of shoes, and that's absolutely fine. One of my goals, and Ben, I think it's yours too, is when we talk with uh, our clients, we want them to have fun in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but some people, they really have this 
heartfelt desire and need to really want to pass on a financial legacy to their children and to their grandchildren. Well, two people with the exact same funds and same lifestyle, right? All things being equal. If one person has a, a, a passion and a desire to leave something behind and someone else has a passion and desire to have every dollar spent at their last breath, mm. well, then that's a very different lifestyle. And if they wanted to live the same lifestyle, then one has to actually save more, right? So depending on your goals uh, for your legacy, that's going to determine your income needs and what you have saved as well. Yeah, this financial legacy conversation is, uh, again, a, a very common topic to talk through, a conversation to have. A lot of times it's, it is related to how much they want to have left over for kids, Yeah, right? Uh, but there's a combination of factors that need to be involved with this conversation. It's not just about, well, you know, we want to make sure we give them each a million dollars or <laughs> whatever the case is. Uh, a lot of times, some of the things that we typically see missing is um, tax strategy for that. Sure. So, you know, the state of Washington has a state estate tax. And if you have too much money, you're going to get hammered by it. And I mean, a lot not, of, not you, your kids will. Sure. And a lot of people I meet with don't know that the state has those. They just think of the federal estate taxes. Yeah, which is, you know, $11 million yeah. per person yeah. right now. It's, it's, if you have a, a federal estate problem, then you're doing well. You're, you're fine. You know, do whatever you want <laughs> type, <laughs> type of thing. But on the state side of things, it's, it's considerably less. So you need to make sure that you're covering those types of issues. And here's where, let's just talk briefly on the estate side. I know it's not necessarily the topic we're talking right now, but. If you end up having a state estate tax problem, so you are over the exemption limits mm -hmm. and you, uh, your, your kids have to come up with up to 20% of that excess as a, as a state tax. And part of the issue is let's say that you're in real estate and you've got you know four condos around the area and then you've got a small investment account. So most of your overall asset base is in real estate then they are likely not going to have the liquidity to actually pay that estate taxation at the point of your passing. Yeah. It's forcing them to sell one of the properties to end up covering that, that cost, which may be selling at a bad time. It doesn't matter. They have that bill due and they have to pay it. Yeah. And so it's important to look through, well, what are our options or what do, we, what do we need to do to end up structuring this? Or on the flip side, instead of having all rental properties, real estate properties, let's say you have you know, $6 million in an IRA. They're going to have to pull from that IRA taxable mm -hmm. to then pay that estate tax. So if the estate tax was $300,000, they're going to have to pull $500,000 out for the taxation involved to net three hundred dollars to get to the estate. So a lot of times there's, there's too much that needs to come out compared to what clients actually thought ahead of time. So this idea of financial legacy needs to be viewed in a very specific way and matched to your overall goals of really what are you trying to leave? Yeah, like for you me, I, I want my last check to bounce, so I'm not worried about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Sound Path to Retirement with Ben Koval and Matt Lieberger. I'm Gary Nolan. I am your consumer advocate. Thank you for joining us on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. Great to be with you on this Sunday morning, and Ben and Matt are with us every week at this time. And they're fiduciaries, which means by law they have to have the best interest of their clients. Like I said earlier, a very important distinction. I want to give you the phone number this way and get on their calendar. They get really busy this time of year. 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. We're talking about strategies on how to save more money and with legacy planning and so much more. And a few minutes left in the segment. I guess you got to get the spouses on the – each spouse and partner on the same page because I bet you have clients come in and – 
you know, one wants to absolutely do nothing, you know, like sitting on the couch and, and, and <laughs> watching Wheel of Fortune, and the other one wants to travel. So you get that a lot, I bet, huh, guys? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Ben and I have spoken about this before. I, years ago in a different life, uh, I spent many years as a relationship counselor and uh, did a lot of marriage counseling and, and things like that. And I thought I had left that life behind me uh, until I became a financial advisor. <laughs> Very often, I'm sitting across the table from a couple who, without even knowing it, the more we talk, they start to realize they are on completely different pages of what retirement looks like. You know, it's really funny because uh, I remember distinctly when my uh, mom and dad wanted to downsize and moved out of the house that my brother and I grew up on. And it, it was, you know, I knew they had to do it and it was the right thing to do. But boy, that was, uh, uh, you know, it was tough for me. And also, you know, a quick story. My uh, my parents loved to travel. They went everywhere in retirement. They did went to Puerto Rico. They went to Vegas a couple of times. They went to Florida. I mean, they went everywhere. Uh, and my in-laws, just the opposite. My wife's the oldest of eight, and they had tons of grandchildren. They just wanted to stay near the house and hang out. So everybody's retirement is different. And, and it's like you guys said, it's very personal. And you got to get on the same page. A absolutely, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's why Matt has your wife on speed dial so that they can. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew right after I said that earlier glad, in the show that that knew. was going to come back. There's going to be a callback on I that. I knew there's, that was going to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, but to Matt's point and to yours too, Gary, is that a lot of times there's not only a different direction in terms of um, overall goals or what they want to achieve, even the different um, philosophy on do we need to have something more specific so a lot of times I'll have two clients in here and it's very obvious that one of them wanted to come see me and the other one was dragged there by their spouse <laughs> and so and that's that's perfectly fine you know there's a, you've done something your whole life a certain way and now you're talking about doing something completely different but that's why it's so key that once you turn that corner when you get away from accumulation only and you start talking about both accumulation and distribution of those assets in retirement, that you have a holistic view of that overall process. You need to be able to take a look at how every dollar fits in your goal, in you know, including your legacy plans, what your money wants to pass to, how you want to draw it, how you want to use it, when you want to use it, and what the taxation is of that dollar that's being used. Having that type of specificity in planning ends up giving you uh, lots of flexibility to be able to do other things, to be able to uh, not worry about financial contagion that we were talking about and, and not be as concerned about stock market volatilities. And it all starts down, again, with a holistic view of your overall plan, your overall asset base, and where you are now, and also where you want to be. And so that's why we always leave about 10 spots open during these uh, radio shows for clients to come in and have a completely complimentary review holistically of where your assets are and what your overall goals are. We always boil it down into a one page, easy to understand financial review. So you'd be able to have a good understanding of where are we? What are we looking to do? We'll also give you a copy of my book if you come in. So you have a good understanding of some of these question and answer formats of, you know, do I need a financial advisor? What about required minimum distributions? How about taxes? All these questions that a lot of people really need to have clear answers to. And the number to call is 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. Folks, it's advice like this shows you how important it is 
with a financial coach who understands the ins and outs of the financial world. Want to take advantage of this opportunity to make sure you're on the right path. And the path is based on your risk preferences, your budget, and your goals. The folks at Sound Path Retirement Strategies are standing by 877-249-6900. Get on the calendar. I love your uh, what you said about you know, folks you know, dragging the other spouse in. It reminds <laughs> me of being dragged to Bed Bath & Beyond on a Saturday. You know, oh, please, <laughs> please. All right, we're going to take a short break. Back with more with Ben and Matt and Sound Path Through Retirement in just a moment. What's coming up next, guys? Yeah, when we come back, it's time for Ask the Advisor. We will answer some questions from our listeners. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path to Retirement with me, Ben Koval, Matt Leiberger, with us every week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. I am Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate. And we've had a great discussions on everything and anything that are on retirees' minds, like retirement income strategies, wealth accumulation, asset protection, tax minimization strategies. Of course, we always talk about that, too. And like I uh, mentioned earlier, it's really important distinction that Ben and Matt are both fiduciaries, which means by law they have to have the best interest of their clients. And this is the best part of the show where uh, we get to uh, – Listen to see what our what our listeners uh, or what's on their minds. All right, so let's go to Gary in Newcastle. I'm at my wit's end with my current employer, and I'm not sure how long I can keep working for these boneheads. I'm 60, <laughs> but I was planning to retire a couple of years uh, anyway. Uh, would it be foolish to walk away now? Uh, how do I know if I have enough money to be okay? Well, first of all, Gary, I know a guy that could take care of the situation, but we can't really talk about it on the radio. <laughs> He's in New York. Uh, anyway. It, it's, it's, it's weird that Gary's rubbing his nose with his index finger when he says that. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm going to make him an offer. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, I, I don't know. What, what can we tell Gary? He's in a tough spot here. Yeah, well, Gary, first of all, I think everyone here – all of our listeners, I think we all understand what it is to work for some boneheads at some point in our oh, life. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, you know, Ben's my boss right now. So, of course, I'm not speaking about. Of course not. Of course not. No. So we we, we hear we, we, we hear you. We feel you. You know, the question here is is twofold. First, you're asking, how do I know if I have enough money? And that really is the number one question we get asked. And two of them together are what you're asking. Can I retire and how much can I draw, right? You know, the real question on whether you can walk away now is, is is threefold, in my opinion. One is your happiness. If you could walk away now, why stay with the bonehead? If you're just, if it's making you miserable. Number two, was there a reason why you were going to work for a few more years? Do you have a goal? Uh, do you have a financial advisor that's helped you view how much do I need to uh, save each year for the next three years in order to hit my income goal? You know, these are the questions you have to ask. And then number three, I would just look and say, all things being equal, we always advise people, if you can retire, if the money works, at least my advice, and I've, I've heard Ben say it as well, but if the money works and you want to retire, retire. Well, if we don't, we have no idea how long we have on this planet. We don't. And so we've seen too many times where a client works past the point where they no longer have health. When health goes away, it doesn't nothing matter. else matters. No. 
And so, you know, I agree. If we if we have enough income to be able to generate your retirement, then retire. There are some things to keep in mind, though. At 60 years old, we're going to have to cover medical, medical. costs yep. until 65 when Medicare comes into play. And that can be expensive. I mean, open market right now, we're looking at about $1,000 per month per person. Mm-hmm. And so if you're married, that's an issue. Of course, COBRA can cover you for a little while. Uh, but that's something to keep in mind. But again, that's where a holistic planning comes into play. If you have an advisor who's able to take a look at how these other factors involved and the income works, great. Yep. Then, you know, walk out the door. I will applaud you on your way out. <laughs> um, if it doesn't work, then you'll at least know what the light at the end of the tunnel is. You should know how long at a minimum do I need to work until I have enough to be able to actually, you know, as Gary would say, give them the one finger salute. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stole the words right out of my mouth. You know, it's it's you know really, and that, and that's why you need a plan because we really, yeah. You know, he, you know, it's just a, a bunch of statements is not a plan, and that's why you need a plan, and that's why Gary, you really should go see uh, Ben and Matt. Bring all your statements in, bring all your materials in, and he'll analyze it for you, and they'll take a look, and they'll tell you exactly where you are because you need to know where you are right now and what it's going to look like in the future. And that's what Ben and Matt do every single day. So Gary, good luck. And if you need help with uh, the bonehead situation, uh, you got my number. Okay. We'll take, <laughs> we'll take care of that for you. All right. Ed in a baffle. Uh, there are reasons. Well, what are the reasons that make a good idea to have a trust? A friend says it's one way to minimize taxes. I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. seems like a big decision would appreciate your thoughts. Yeah. A, a trust are pretty uh, complicated at times am i right uh, y- yeah uh, and this is actually one of the the most common fallacies that i hear is they say well let's get a trust so that we can minimize taxes yeah. a trust does not minimize taxes that's not the reason you set up a that's trust. not the reason now, you know if you end up looking at a trust some people will say look if i move my income into the trust and then the trust pays me back my income then there's no taxation on it which of course the irs knows that people want to do this And so if you end up having income generated from a trust, you hit the top marginal bracket significantly faster than if you had it on your own marginal bracket rates. So uh, I would say, generally speaking, no, it's not a way to minimize taxes. But a trust can help set up some other specific goals that you might have in mind. Uh, Are you worried that you are going to leave $5 million to a 19-year-old grandkid? Well, 19-year-olds are generally stupid people. Yeah, I'm sure everybody who's listening, your 19-year-old grandkid is, of course, different. But um, generally speaking, they'll spend it on garbage, and then it'll all be gone probably ruin hey, their life. At, so, look at that Lamborghini out there, man. Looks looking good. <laughs> well, let's get six of them. Yeah, Why not? Right, exactly. Um, Grandma and Grandpa, if you're listening, yep. I will be responsible. <laughs> Leave me $6 million. <laughs> and so that, that's one reason to have a trust. Another reason would be if you have uh, property in a state that is really probate uh, – poor. So like California, you do not want to go through probate in California. It's very expensive, takes forever. And so you typically will have a trust set up if you've got property there to move it out of California. And then another reason is if you're worried your kids are going to get rid out of the will. Yeah. You know, you you pass away and maybe the, your child is not your new spouse's child and you think they have a great relationship now, but then, you know, some words are said, some problems had, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your child now sees none of the funds because you're, you know, you're, you're passed, you're, you're passed away. And, you know, the, the pool boy came into the picture and now the pool boy <laughs> has all the money. So um, there are specific reasons to have a trust, but to avoid taxation, that, that's not one of them. You know, one, one that I am thinking about, though, with taxation and, and, you know, Ben, I love your thoughts on it, but I think of the estate taxes that you were speaking of before. Well, yeah, so I'm thinking of an yeah, islet. 
Yeah, that's different. But that, that's the only thing I can think of for taxes. Yeah, so what Matt's talking about right there is if you have a state estate tax exposure, and let's say that you have to pay $500,000, so not you, your kids will have to pay $500,000 at the point that you pass. And you know, going back to my real estate example earlier in the show, and there's no liquidity in the estate to cover those taxes, well, then you could have what's called an irrevocable life insurance trust. This is a trust that's created specifically with one life insurance policy on your life that's paid to the kids outside of your estate that will then give them the immediate liquidity necessary to pay those estate taxations. So yes, there are, that, that is a a good point. I I don't think that's what Ed's talking about, but probably not, not income tax in your lifetime, Mm -hmm. but you know, taxation in general. Yeah, there, there is some, there's some, so all right. Terrific. All right. Thank you, Ed, uh, for your question, by the way, it's at any given week at any given time, I will tell one of my three adult children, you're out of the will. So, you know, We'll see who's behaves. Well, we have them on the speed dial, too. Yeah, we have so too. they we call get, us yeah. and they cry. Yeah, and, I know. You know. It's really sad. Yeah, generally, they call us on speed dial when they want to complain. It's weird. <laughs> hey, what's the old man doing here? Uh, 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. That's the number to hit, get a hold of Ben and Matt at Sound Path Retirement Strategies. You want to get on their calendar. Get very busy this time of year. Got a great offer for you at the end of the show. All right. Let's get to uh, Millie in Seattle. What are the advantages of using the one-time IRA to HSA rollover versus a withdrawal from the IRA taxable event and then contributing the same amount, reduced taxes into your HSA. Well, I'm confused, guys. What, what do we have for Millie? First of all, am I the only one, especially living in Seattle, that wants to sing the song, Blame It on the Rain, right now? <laughs> uh, I, I, I see I see Millie, and I just think of Millie Vanilli. Never mind. I'm, I'm yeah, aging myself. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is a good question. When you're looking at uh, a rollover from your uh, uh, individual retirement account to an HSA, which is a health savings account, um, you know, health savings accounts are great because the money in there, you know, you can put it in tax free and you can use that on medical expenses. And when it comes out, you know, it's used tax free as well. So it, it's a really you know nice program if you're going to use it for that. So if you want to roll over uh, some money from your IRA into your health savings account, Please do the one-time rollover, and that's where it goes directly from from one to the other without a check coming to you in your name. The opposite, where you actually withdraw your IRA money, that is a taxable event. And even if you then turn around and contribute, you are contributing far less to your HSA. So take advantages where you can take advantages. Do the rollover. Do not do the withdrawal. If that's your goal, but also don't do too much. Uh, so I see sometimes where a client will come and they will what really is objectively overfunding an HSA. Yeah. And goes, well, you're better off of keeping that in, in your IRA, but you also want to have some kind of hedge on, uh, on, on the medical side. So yeah, it's a fine line and too much is an objective term um, or a subjective term rather. And so go through planning process to figure out what makes sense, but don't put, you know, a million dollars in your HSA. That's, that's not a good idea. Usually. All right, let's get to Howard. i uh, got a couple of minutes left. Mill Creek. I'm 29 years old. Hey, a younger, a young one. We got a good mm-hmm. job and uh, earning decent money. I'm shocked to learn that uh, when I turn 30, I'll inherit $250,000 in cash, two mortgages worth forty dollars and $50,000, making 8% interest. I have no outstanding death. All my bills are paid. What should I do with this money? Well, I know what to do with it. Give them to you guys and let them work, 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 work your magic, right? Yeah, I would just like to invite Howard to my birthday party. <laughs> don't, don't buy that Ferrari. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Um, well, generally speaking, when it comes to a mortgage, you're better off investing the money than you are paying down mortgages. Uh, again, generally speaking, 
And in this case, it depends on really what the overall purpose is of that, that real estate property that the mortgages are based off of. Uh, but I would argue that the $250,000 cash, which I'm assuming is not an IRA, will serve you very well in retirement. So create a brokerage account and invest it. And then as long as you have enough to cover the uh, the mortgage payments on those other properties, I'd say um, continue on that. You have no other outstanding debt, and that's a good mortgage to have. Uh, maybe look at refinancing. 8% is a little bit high. Uh, but I know we have interest rates rising and they're probably going to continue to go up as time comes. So, you know, keep that in mind as you go through this. But I, I don't typically recommend, especially at 30 years old, paying off that mortgage because you've got time on your side. So uh, just have it be part of your overall overall plan. Yeah. All right. Uh I, I always, uh, you know, we, we generally end it with uh, this and that uh, every week is saying that we leave some spots open for our listeners who join us uh, here on Sunday morning uh, to come in, sit down and take a holistic look at what they have, the plans that are in place. Um, we can see where there might be any overexposure and we can help kind of establish overall retirement goals uh, alongside you. Uh, we'll look holistically at income planning tax planning, insurance planning, estate planning, and then, of course, investment planning. So give us a call. Uh, I think we started with 10 spots. I don't know how much more, uh, how many more spots we have left open at this point. But if you call now and come see us, you will get a copy of Ben Koval's book, The Little Book of Big Answers for Retirement Planning. And we look forward to sitting down, hearing your goals, hearing your dreams, and sharing the best wisdom that we can. All right. Thank you, Matt. 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900, our gold show is to help you make the best decision. So if any questions about what we're talking about or how it may apply to your own situation, just get a hold of Ben and Matt at Sound Path Retirement Strategies, 877-249-6900. Wow, the show has flown right on by. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. We hope you found the information we presented helpful. We look forward to all of you being back next week here at the same time. We'll have new topics, new questions right here on Sound Path Retirement with Ben and Matt. As always, guys, it's been a pleasure, and I already look forward to next week. Oh, thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. All content is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or indication or future results. Opinions expressed are solely those of SoundPath Retirement Strategies and staff. The information discussed has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but is not guaranteed as to accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be a complete analysis of the materials discussed. The information contained herein should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of the state other than the state of Washington or where otherwise legally permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires the review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and the possible loss of capital. SoundPath Retirement Strategies is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Advisory services offered through SoundPath Retirement Strategies, an investment advisor in the state of Washington.